All right, we've heard from both sides, both sides of the argument, Jackson Dark, Luke Altmaier, the whole thing. Who do I think needs to be the quarterback starting against Troy? We'll explain right after this. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for joining us, and thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications and new videos whenever we put them up, which is actually quite frequently, and of course, upvote the video itself. We would appreciate it very much. Also, participate in the comments section below. Um, we we can have interesting conversations down there. Anyway, we've heard the last two days of the reasons why it, Jackson Dart should be the quarterback and then the reasons why Luke Altmyer should be the quarterback. What do I think? Which direction do I think Ole Miss needs to go? And I will say that just right here at the beginning. I think it is Jackson Dart. He is the winner of this quarterback competition in my opinion. Because if you are Ole Miss, in a year when next year is the year that they're really supposed to compete and they're really supposed to be good, everything is built towards 2023. That's the thing they don't understand a lot with this transfer class. They thought it was for win now, but many of these guys have multiple years of eligibility. So next year is the year that they could really springboard into something good. So this year... I think it's about trying to make the best version of that year and the chance for the most bang for your buck, so to speak, would be Jackson Dart at quarterback. He's the highest risk. He is the highest reward. He is the best chance for Ole Miss to replicate what they did last year. That's Jackson Dart at quarterback. And this is nothing against Luke Altmaier. As I said, all since February. It's like root for somebody to clearly win the job. Do not root for a particular quarterback. That has been my mantra through all of this. Now, through stuff I've read, through stuff I've heard, what's going around, everybody kind of is predicting Jackson Dart. And the one thing that kind of caught my attention in Lane Kiffin's Monday press conference is the fact that it was too close to call. It was too close to call. He kept saying it was so close, and he just didn't know, which, A, of course, we told you that Lane Kiffin would not say anything about that because he's not going to volunteer that information to John Sumrall. But too close to call. If you recall our, I think, two or three interviews with Bill Flowers over the course of this quarterback competition, he has mentioned the political nature of sports. It's not something that we like to talk about, and we like to think in a perfect world that everything is merit-based. It's a complete meritocracy out on the football field. That is the talking point that people have. Well, that's not really the case. And Jackson Dart was brought here as a transfer to start 
paid all that money from big boosters. There's going to be so much pressure to play him. So that's the reason Bill Flowers and I said, for Luke Altmaier to win this job, he had to clearly win this job. It can't be close. And oh so close, tie goes to the runner in this case, and the runner being Jackson Dart. Now, listen, A, this is props for Luke Altmaier for making this as close and as competitive as it was. He deserves a lot of credit for that. That is a Gatorade National Player of the Year you're competing against. That is somebody with two 300-yard passing games as a true freshman, to his credit. It is nothing to sneeze at. Jackson, Jackson Dart is a good player. Luke Altmaier pushing him to get there after a less-than-stellar spring, I think we can all admit that, was honestly what Jackson Dart needed. That spring, as bad as it was, was what Jackson Dart needed. Now, am I saying that Ole Miss is going to win 10 games with Jackson Dart? No, not even a little bit. I am saying that Ole Miss has a chance, a better chance to get to 10 with Jackson Dart. They also have a better chance to get to 5, by the way. Because I've said this over and over again, Jackson Dart is a high, high ceiling guy, but he is a low floor guy. And he's a lower floor than Luke Altmaier guy. And what I mean by that is Luke Altmaier is not going to get you beat. He is going to do the things that he needs to do, and he's not going to get you beat. He's not going to put the ball at risk. He's going to hit his check downs. They're going to move down the field, and the talent on this team should be enough to make it click. And that I think that's the question at play right now. What type of quarterback does Ole Miss need? Because this team, I would argue, does not need another Matt Corral. Just doesn't. The team surrounding Jackson Dart or Luke Altmaier will be better than the team that surrounded Matt Corral. Now, the narrative that Matt Corral did everything for that team and that was the only reason they won, that was made up. That was something that was really unnecessary because after Matt Corral got hurt and he was hobbled in 50, 60, and 70%, Ole Miss continued to win games, including the game day game against Texas A&M. So Jackson Dart can provide a little bit of magic. He can provide a little bit of special. He can provide Ole Miss that little bit of attention that they, I guess they crave, that they need. Because, you know, a deep, dark secret is for years, Ole Miss people feared attention because of what that meant. They didn't want to be under the microscope. They didn't want, because every time they got attention, it was for negative reasons. And this happened well until the 90s. When that stick ban happened, and they got rid of rebel flags in the games 30 years ago, that was a seminal moment for them as football. But now, they've seen the other side of this through Lane Kiffin, the attention, and everybody pointing and looking at Ole Miss, and everything's going, and everybody's like, hey, that's pretty awesome. We want more of that. And they get it. And Jackson Dart will provide that. If you want to look at videos that I do, 
if it's a Jackson Dart on the thumbnail, it generally does better than everybody else. It actually does better than even Lane Kiffin on the thumbnail. It is absolutely crazy. And I think it's important to realize that the fan base craves attention. I don't know when that happened. That probably happened around Hugh Freeze. But, like I said, they feared attention 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Now it's a different story. It's a whole new ball game at Ole Miss. And they like it. They crave it. And they want to win games and get more of it. And I think Jackson Dart is the path to do that. I think he has a chance to get them to where they need to be. Because remember, if Ole Miss can somehow string together 10 wins this year, let's say they put it together, they lose to Alabama and Arkansas, you know, because Fayetteville's a house of horrors. And I, that is the one game on the schedule, believe it or not, I've put it as an L. And that I'm just thinking is that game in Fayetteville because it's in between Alabama and Mississippi State. But let's say Ole Miss goes 10-2 and two this year. With all these people coming back, all these stars, Ole Miss is going to be a dark horse, maybe not even a dark horse. They could be the favorite in the West next year. They could be the favorite for the playoff because Bryce Young's gone. Alabama's going to have to replace a quarterback as well. So this is a big decision, whichever way Lane Kiffin decides to go. And if he hits a home run, if he truly hits a home run, Ole Miss has a chance to be special moving forward, at least for two years. And again, like I said, Luke losing this job, if he loses this job, it is nothing negative on Luke. Jackson Dart, if he wins this job, needed Luke Altmaier to compete the way he did, and Ole Miss got better because of it. Because I'm like I said, do not root for a quarterback. Root for somebody to clearly win the job because Ole Miss will be better for it. And that appears to have happened. Now, it won't get announced because why would it get announced? But like I said, if you read, if you hear, people are starting to assume that Jackson Dart is in the league. That would be people that even talk to people on the staff that just can't record, report stuff that might be off the record. Even they are saying Jackson Dart's probably in the league. So I think it is Jackson Dart. I think he's the guy moving forward. And if this comes off, I think Ole Miss is going to be better for it. Anyway, if you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks, it few becomes too many as the evening comes to an end and the people start to head out. You start to think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live not nearby. You'll make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds that you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that can happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license, your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risk of drunk driving. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. 
If you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride, especially in this age of Uber people. Call a ride. Pick up the car in the morning. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. The ultimate college football preview is here. A seven-episode preview with college experts and local team experts and Odyssey College football insiders. It's everything you need to be ready for the college football season in one spot. Search Ultimate College Football Preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. The SEC preview, by the way, I have linked it on our YouTube channel. I'm actually on there um, as one of the su- potential surprise teams of the SEC, along with Locked On Kentucky, Locked On Tennessee, Locked On Arkansas. Even somebody came in to talk Texas A&M. So it was a pretty good setup and a fun conversation for about 20 minutes. So that is on the YouTube channel as well, and I think it might be on the podcast feed, but I have not checked that yet. Um, We'll see what's going on with that. Anyway, the September games... Before we get started, you can check me out at the Stephen Willis on TikTok, Locked On Ole Miss, and join our Facebook group at Positively Ole Miss on Facebook. If you do those three things, you'll have all the information because we do videos outside of this YouTube channel as well, that we do stuff just for socials. Okay, September games. And A, let's all get on our knees and thank God for the September schedule that we have. I'm not calling any of the opponents easy. I'm calling them needed. I'm not calling them a pushover, a cakewalk. I'm calling them necessary. So don't misunderstand what I'm saying about these four teams because they're some decent teams. Tulsa's a good team. They're my team of all of Ole Miss's non-conference schedule. They're the one that scares me the most. You know, Ole Miss has never beaten Tulsa. I think Ole Miss is like 0-4 against them, 0-6, something like that. Ole Miss has never beaten Tulsa. Now, I'm not saying history has anything to do with it. I'm just saying do not overlook Tulsa. I think they'll be better than Georgia Tech. I think Georgia Tech is probably a couple of years away, maybe three. Anytime you have a system like Paul Johnson ran at Georgia Tech, and a new coach comes in and they try to change it over, you have to completely change your roster over. Now, with the transfer portal, that gets easier. And with this new rule that you can sign up to your 85, depending on um, you only have to hit that 85 number, it's going to become easier. But three years ago, it was difficult. Jeff Collins is figuring that out as he's tried to remake his roster away from that triple option style that Paul Johnson made famous. But they're coming out of it. Like I said, they're probably a couple of years away. So the opener against Troy, John Summerall's the coach. We're going to have Josh Batwell from the Troy Messenger on next week to talk about the game. Uh, Let's see, Dogie, um, they've got a four-star that transferred in from Utah. The quarterback play is going to be good. They're going to look more like a Troy team used to look. Now, the benefit is Ole Miss is a good team as well. And we have talent mismatches of size-speed ratio pretty much all over the field. So, while this isn't a game 
that I expect Ole Miss to fear at all. It could be a game that Troy covers. And I think you should expect that just in case. Like right now, Ole Miss is a 21.5 point favorite per, per bet online. And through that, you think that, well, it's okay, it's going to be 42 to 20. You know, something like that. It's going to be big. Although 20 points, I, I don't know about that. Well, be interesting to see what John Summerall does offensively and how Troy exactly looks. I've always liked the Trojans a little bit. They're a good Sun Belt team. And now that Southern Miss is involved in, in that conference, it could get quite interesting. But it's a game that I am genuinely looking forward to. A, for the first quarterback that comes out for Ole Miss to take the snap. I want to see Zach Evans. I want to see this receiving group. I want to see this improved J.J. Henry that has been getting mentioned all through fall camp. I mean, it's this is not a new thing. This is, hey, look at this guy. Look at this guy. I think J.J. Henry, who has a chance to be a Jalen Waddle-type slot, and we've called him that for nearly two years. That is the, how he plays the position. He's not going to be like an Elijah Moore. He's going to be more like a Jalen Waddle. And it should be interesting to see exactly what he does. But over Jordan Watkins, um, Jalen Robinson has been injured. Um through fall camp some and miss some time. He'll, he might be back for Troy. I'm not saying he's going to miss anything. But J.J. Henry has taken this opportunity by the horns. And, I mean, that's all you can do, really. So, it'll be really interesting to see what happens in this Troy game. Like I said, Ole Miss is a 21.5 point favorite on Bet Online, And, I mean, it's... It's not, that's about right, honestly. That's about right. Anyway, the second game, Central Arkansas, that's an um, FCS game. Uh, is The Bears have some good players. They were better last year. They graduated some folks off through the transfer portal and stuff. They could have some playmakers on their team. It's not a game that I expect Ole Miss to have any trouble with. So that's 2-0. and up. Next is Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, I think, is the second most difficult non-conference game just because it's on the road in Atlanta. And obviously, if you want to go back to our YouTube channel and look in the history, we have a video of why Georgia Tech isn't in the SEC today. And it's not about why Georgia Tech got out of the SEC. It's about why they didn't get back in. And we have 2,900 and something views on that one. And this game will be something that was set up before Bobby Dodd got to Georgia Tech in like 1946, 1945, somewhere in there. And Ole Miss played Georgia Tech on the road in Atlanta, and Bobby Dodd would not reciprocate. He intentionally would not play Mississippi State and Ole Miss, and it became a huge deal to the point where that 1944, 45, 46, I forget the year, was the last time Ole Miss and Georgia Tech played in the regular season. This will be a culmination of that. And next year, when they come to Oxford, will be the real culmination of this story. That's the reason I did that, is because of the next two years. But it should be a good game. Jeff Collins, I like what they're doing with the uniforms, although their gold stripe really annoys me. They were on the right track last year, and they kind of messed it up this year. But I, I like the way it looks. Um, but it's a game that I think Ole Miss should win. I think Ole Miss should be favored by 12 to 14, honestly. Tulsa, 
this is the tricky game. This is the game that makes me a little bit nervous. And Tulsa can be a good team. They can be a ultimate fly in the ointment, if you want to quote Tim Brampett. And those guys are going to come into Oxford really fired up to play. Now, we're going to get into this in the next segment. We're going to explain why these games are important. But Tulsa has a chance to be really sticky and be really dealt with in an interesting way by Ole Miss. But it comes in a perfect time for it to be interesting because the very next week is Kentucky, and we will touch on that in the next segment. Right now, let's take a break and hear from our sponsors, and then we'll come back and tell you why this start is important. All right, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including iTunes and Spotify. So leave a five-star review. You can say whatever you want to say. Just make sure it's a five-star review. That'll help others find the podcast in the future, and we would greatly appreciate that from you. So last segment, we went over September. And we're going to do the same thing, by the way, moving out through the week. We're going to... Go over the middle segment will be um, regular season games, and we're going to do it by month because it's at the point where we need to do that. Next week we get into game week. So this is important. Troy. Troy is important. It is important not to have an FCS game right off the bat. If Central Arkansas was the first game, they're not really good enough to scare you. Now, granted, I remember Jacksonville State, but they don't get your attention right off the bat because this camp, there was needed to be a sense of urgency and, and a sense of urgency can be built by, hey, this team can beat you. And that argument was never going to really hold water with Central Arkansas. But with Troy, maybe. Maybe you can have that argument. But it's a step up in competition. We'll see what happens. John, John Sumrall is in his first year as coach. We're going to have, like I said, Josh Boutwell on next week to talk about Troy. Now, one thing that is really interesting to me in the Central Arkansas game, that game's about reps. That's a game that Ole Miss wins. I don't care if they win by one point. That game is about reps. People are going to want 60 to nothing. That's fine. I don't care if it's 45 to 35. I want reps. That's all I care about for that game. Georgia Tech, I want them to continue to get a higher string of reps because starting game two, game three, and game four, competition steadily increases. You have your important one, kind of your baseline which if you can beat Troy, you should beat Central Arkansas, and then you can just see a little bit. And it almost becomes like a scout team. Now, this is not a derogatory statement towards any of the four teams. That's the reason I said it's almost like a scout team. But you have a chance to take care of yourself and get ready yourself. Work on game plans. Remember the questions that are at hand on this team. You have all these new players, and that's one thing that's going to get everybody's attention. You've got the new quarterback. That's going to get people's attention. You also have Chris Partridge. You also have either Lane Kiffin calling plays or Charlie Weiss Jr. calling plays. 
All of this is four games to ramp up because they need to be at the top of their game come October 1st. That is the game. That is probably going to be a CBS game. There's a chance that Kentucky and Ole Miss are both 4-0 going into it, and it's set up as a war on October 1st. Don't be surprised when that happens. Don't look up and say Ole Miss and Kentucky, and all of a sudden on CBS, it's like, what? No. Understand that that is the first benchmark game. Even more so than after that Auburn and LSU. Even more so, honestly, than Texas A&M. That is the first benchmark game, and that is what you're building towards. That is what's important for this Ole Miss football team. And these first four games, especially in a fall camp that had two scrimmages. I know, it's you're like, Steve, get over that. I can't. When I was at Ole Miss, four or five scrimmages in fall camp was the norm. Period. We, this one we had two. And everybody's going to talk about the mock game, but the mock game isn't a scrimmage. It's a scrimmage in every way except the football plays. It's about making sure the 11 guys are in the right spot on kickoff return, um, making sure that the headset etiquette is right, making sure that your substitutions put together, making sure signals work. Stuff like that is what a mock game is for. So these four games, again, not insulting any of them, is important because it allows you to ramp and kind of replace those lack of scrimmages. You might get out there against Troy and realize, yeah, that was the wrong decision. Well, this allows you to get it right in Central Arkansas because this is a Big Ten-type schedule. This is one of the first times Ole Miss has done that. There's There's been many years when like they've opened with Vanderbilt or their second game of the season is Auburn or Alabama or something like that. It is rare for Ole Miss to have four non-conference games to start a season. And not only that, them situated in such a way that's so perfectly done to where you have your sense of urgency game in game one, and then you have um, a rise in competition all the way through your Kentucky game, which is your first benchmark game. There is no getting around that. There are going to be people that really say they can't really judge Ole Miss until after that game. And they're probably not wrong. That's the thing. That's, that's what's absolutely crazy about that. They're probably not wrong. Because if Ole Miss gets past Kentucky, all of a sudden you have Vandy. You have LSU and Auburn. Games that you, you, know, games that you can lose historically, but games you can win. An 8-0 start is not out of the question. And if an 8-0 start hits... You just have to beat one of Texas A&M or Arkansas and or Alabama and Mississippi State, and you're at 10 wins again. And we are approaching at that point, build a statue time for Lane Kiffin. Because if you do back-to-back 10-win seasons at Ole Miss, that's a big deal. I don't care who you are. Because there are going to be fans 
that like to pretend they're Alabama. They want to handle things, and this is the way Alabama would handle something like this. No, be excited for something like that because you're not Alabama. Back-to-back 10-win seasons has not happened. I think the first regular season 10-win season in 60 years was last year. Be excited if that happens. Because all of this, this show, everything, is about making Ole Miss football fun again. Making Ole Miss sports fun again. We want to have fun following Ole Miss sports. It's gotten too negative over the past five, six years. And sure, there was some stuff that caused that. But there was also a habit-forming nature of it. And we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. We're, we're going to enjoy following this. And part of that is basically not being tethered to anybody. That, that is one way where I do not owe other people to where they can, they can look at what we're doing and think they have any kind of influence over it. We're not going to do that. We're going to be different. My whole thing when we started this is I wanted to do something differently. And that's important. Anyway, get more on the SEC by making Locked On SEC your second listen. Every day, host Chris Gordy and the local experts on Locked On take you across the SEC in 30 minutes. Make Locked On SEC your second listen. Locked On SEC. Anyway, I will see you tomorrow. We'll do October games. And we will also have Kara McCutcheon, I think. No. So that's, that's Thursday. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll have care. We got you. And that's Thursday. Tomorrow's Thursday. So, um, and you know, try and figure out the start of the season. And then as we get closer and closer to actual game week, um, we should have a lot of fun anyway, until tomorrow, I will see you then. Peace.